0: Hi, I'm Megan Francis
1: and I'm Dave Crock. And this is the Life Work
0: Podcast. In this show we'll explore what it really takes to build a business while designing a life that matters. Hey Dave, how are you?
1: I'm well, how are you?
0: Great. I'm excited to be here with you now kind of turning the tables on you Uh-oh. a little bit. <laughs> Uh-oh. Last time you interviewed me about my work Yes. My life yes. This is the life work podcast, and today I'm going to be in the interviewer's seat, and you're in the hot seat. But I'm going to try not to make it too too hot. Um, yeah, that's good. <laughs> I mean, the
1: the whole like single bright light and the lone chair in the middle of the room is not cool so far. But right. uh, you know,
0: yeah. So first, I just want to know a little bit about what it is you're doing now, and then yeah. I want to dive backwards and find out how you got from where you were sure. at the beginning of your adult life and career to now.
1: Okay. So when somebody asks me the question, what do you do? I usually go, (laughs) because it's, it's a lot of things, right? Right. So it's like many people who think the way that we do, we're involved in a lot of things. We're interested we have a lot of activities that we do. And we're even professionally interested in a lot of different things. So, um, if I'm answering truthfully to people, I will say I'm an entrepreneur and they'll say, Oh, great. What are you, what are you entrepreneur? And so then, then you follow that up with the things. So, um, as of this point in time, and we are roughly in early January 2016 now. Um, in the last 15 years or so, I've built uh, more than 20 companies and been an advisor to other companies as well, um, and uh, just do a lot of different things. So if anything, things from the wedding industry to retirement communities, real estate. Um, I was a business consultant for a while, and so I'm invested in and advising all sorts of different industries and stuff like that. And so. Um, You know, I believe that the core principles of what makes a business successful don't change. Um, The specifics of what that business is uh, might change. Uh, And the same thing for the principles that make a person successful. So in in as much as we're focused both on the business building in this podcast and the person that does the business building, um, those are two areas that I have a lot of passion in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's really interesting that you have all these different kind of places you've delved into and I'm curious how you decide what is a place you want to go, what's don't want to go. But we can get into that after yeah, we back yeah. up a little bit. Sure, sure. No, I've got a, a couple, <laughs> couple responses for that, too. Yeah, because um, I know you started off as a, described yourself as a struggling musician. Yeah. Um, and that you maybe... Didn't do as well in the work world as or perhaps your world. parents may have wanted you to.
1: You know, my parents <laughs> were, let, let's go there. Yeah, let's go there. My parents actually were very supportive of yeah. everything that I did um, when I was younger. So now we're going back. Uh, and I would say my life dramatically changed uh, in a single U-turn that I can look back on and say, when I made that U-turn, my entire, the course mm-hmm. of my life changed. Um, we can get to that point yeah. you know, where we talk about that. But uh, parents are very supportive. They were always at everything I did, every music uh performance, uh even some of the shows when I was touring after after high school. We'd be at a, we'd be at a show in downtown Chicago playing, I don't know, the Riviera Theater or something like yeah. that and third row my parents are there taking pictures <laughs> on awesome. a polaroid and stuff. So, um you know, they they're very supportive, um but for some reason I was a very flaky, uh, very noncommittal, committal very Um, I had a lot of anger. I had like Mm. a lot of unresolved stuff, a lot of bitterness. Um, I didn't look at humanity and people, uh, in a very positive light. And so I was always on edge. And so, uh, it didn't take much to set me off and every once in a while, uh, that'll still happen today too. So, um, so from that place, you know, when I was in high school, I was a musician. Um,
0: you have to tell me what you played. uh,
1: I'm a drummer. Oh. Yeah. All
0: right, you can take a lot of anger out on,
1: you on drums. You can, you can. Yeah. That's, maybe that's where it came from. Yeah. I To this day, I remember the middle school band director coming around in fifth grade, visiting my elementary school and demonstrating all the instruments. And of course, you know, the ones with the, like the trombone, the blah, yeah. you know, making those cool sounds and other things were, you know, other people were drawn to those kinds of instruments. But for some reason, he just tapped on the snare drum a little bit. And I said, I want to do
0: that. That's what you want to do. That's awesome. And
1: For no apparent reason. There was okay. no but uh actually in hindsight my parents said I banged on stuff all the time growing up so maybe it was just in the dna Wired in you yes yeah so so in high school started a band uh my junior year of high school uh we started touring a little bit in high school playing around and after high school i never went to college okay. um there was a little bit of community college here and there but i took classes i was interested in so i took music theory and philosophy and psychology and um, humanities, stuff like that. So just things I had an interest in, but I had no direction. Yeah. Zero direction. Um, so other than music,
0: you yeah. know, that
1: was the passion. And so I went and did that.
0: And isn't it amazing when you're that person, um, who feels flaky as a young person, Mm-hmm. You don't recognize that the one thing that you love to do, you're totally not flaky about right? and you're completely committed, but it's like, it doesn't count. Right. You know, that's uh, exactly how I was. Yeah.
1: Not so. flaky, maybe obsessed even. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, you want to spend every waking hour doing that thing. Right. So. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Okay. So then what?
1: Yeah. So, uh, so, uh, basically it's just kind of getting into the weeds a little bit in the music industry. Um I never I never really liked the way that our albums came out the sound quality and you know the production and everything and I didn't know that much about that end of things but um it was something I wanted to improve for the band I was in and so I kind of got really interested into that and uh then we produced some things that actually sounded pretty decent and so um I sort of fell in love with the the production side of the music industry being in the studio the creative process um, taking a bunch of flaky musicians and you know people that also may have a business interest in seeing it do well and combining all those those different personalities and whatnot and pulling off uh, an end product that that works out well for anyone uh, for, or for everyone that's involved and so being a producer of music uh, became a passion of mine and mm. so um, I took some classes in that and kind of delved out and, and you know went around to some of the the studios in Chicago and um, other other bands that we were touring with, or we had played with, you know, became interested in what I was doing. And so I began producing other people's work and, uh, eventually met another guy and, and we thought, Hey, let's, let's, let's create a recording studio together. And so that was a, that was just the coolest thing to me because now, now I could, I had my own place, right? right? You know, this is the, this is the lab now. Everybody can come to my studio and we can, we can make some great things. And, and, uh, two months into that project, I realized this is a business, right? And I don't know Jack about business <laughs> mm-hmm. to that point. I had been almost anti-business, right? You know, the, the typical rage against the machine right. sort of yeah. musician, right? I don't want anything to do with the system and yeah, the, the man, the, the man, right? right. It, I don't want anything to do with that. And now I was looking at this and, and like, and realizing I didn't really know what it took to get musicians to want to come in and, and record at our studio or how to operate well and and make sure that we were making money and we didn't have to, um, you know, get other jobs or whatever, you know. And so I realized after a while I I know nothing about business and, uh, got to the point where I was just too scared. And so I I basically handed over that business to the other guy. And Jim, if you're still out there, I uh, hope everything's going well, <laughs> and uh, would love to chat sometime. And you know, and I sort of walked away, um, okay. because that's that's what I do.
0: Okay, I well, walk I walk, walk away. away.
1: This is the flaky this <laughs> is the flaky side, right? So I walked away. And so I had some debts left over from yeah. that. And so I was really in a place of what do I do with my life right now? And so I just began reading about how to get out of debt and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So,
0: okay. So, and then now here, and,
1: and that's it. And, <laughs> and that's, that's the whole story. whole story. All right. That's a wrap folks. We're done.
0: <laughs> so what, this would have all been about what age, about how old would you have been when this was all happening?
1: Um, so this is about the year 2000, 2001. Um, so I'm, I walk away. It's probably late 2000, early 2001.
0: Okay. So it's
1: oh, so I'm, I'm 20, 20
0: Okay. So, you know, there's a few years to cover in yeah. between then and now. So Yeah, I'm so, 36 now. Yeah. So. so bring me, bring me through that and, and tell me more about that, you know, that crossroads moment for you or that moment that sure. you felt things really change. Sure. Um, yeah.
1: So I've, I've always been a big reader. Um, I like to study things that I'm interested or passionate about. And so, um, you know, I was the, the thing that was in front of me and this is probably, you know, you, you move away from pain faster than you move towards pleasure right you know that that concept Mm -hmm. and and so uh the pain for me was i've got debt you know i i I sold the savings bonds that my grandparents had given me you know to to raise money to do this i had you know taken credit card advances to pay rent on a studio space you know things like just not sound financial decisions uh and dave ramsey if you're out there i'm sorry um (laughs) but i'm better now (laughs) but uh you know making decisions along those lines so now i had this this debt that i had to deal with and so i started reading about how to get out of debt and you know snowball payment plans and things like that and it was kind of interesting to me because i'm i'm a person that enjoys uh, i'm a very uh competitive person i enjoy sports i enjoy things where you know the score um and numbers to me for some reason that's another passion of mine because i can see what's working what's not working there's no lying in numbers right. there's no yeah. gray area, so to speak, and so um kind of became um i don't know interested in personal finance okay, and I realized that you know i've never really this is this is the other important thing to know about me i've never really been interested in um again yeah, for whatever reason um in in the usual this is the way you do life right, right. you know the idea that you you go to school you hmm go work for a company and you do something that you know maybe you have an interest in in yeah. but you know the world needs or whatever combination of things that people do to choose a career i wasn't interested in any of that i didn't want i didn't want to have to work
0: yeah which you were like the guy and say anything like I, Lloyd Dobler i was
1: <laughs> it, it's funny because I, I was working out uh and and i had a picture on facebook where i had i had this uh this weight set above my yeah. head and i'm holding it uh with with two hands and someone photoshopped in the uh the boom box (laughs) and so that became a thing for a while but yeah i am am that guy yeah i am um i am the person that doesn't really enjoy uh the usual way of doing things and and like i said there's probably some basis in whatever was causing me to be a flaky person you know back then there's probably some basis in that that originally drove me proving myself proving other people wrong whatever that Mm. those sort of motivators were Uh, Those same motivators pushed me for the next 10, 12 years at least um, until a few years ago. But, um, you know, those things kind of drove me uh, in. So I lost my train of thought right now. But
0: that's okay. Well, I was actually just going to say, though, (laughs) doesn't it seem like sometimes those people like us who don't want to do what everyone else is doing or want to carve their own path are frustrated and angry young people?
1: I think that's a because largely they, <laughs> accurate statement. Yeah,
0: I mean, I wasn't really frustrated and angry. I was just sort of checked out. I would say yeah. that was my path. Yeah. Um, but uh, just how frustrating it is to be a kid and a teenager and a young person in this world that tells you there's really only one way to do it right right? and to know that will never be the way for you. But right. to not really have role models right. to look to to do it another way. And right. did you have any? I mean, I'm sure at some point.
1: No, but okay. there's, there's some things that, that sort of happened in my life mm-hmm. that made me realize that there is another path okay. made me realize that the usual way that people approach their work life, their professional mm-hmm. life, what they do um, doesn't have to be the way that I thought it was mm-hmm. or, or the way that I thought it needed to be. And so um, as books do, I was reading yes. plenty of personal finance books and as books do, they lead you down this rabbit hole right. of this book recommends that book and somebody talks about a theme and then you look it up and here's a whole book on that and blah, blah, blah. And so I'm I'm fully seven, eight months into this rabbit hole, right? Uh, eating ramen and just basically just <laughs> completely immersed in this world of what is this personal finance right. stuff. And, and I'm reading books on investing and I'm reading some books that lead to real estate investing. And then then I stumble upon this one book and I don't remember how I found it or who recommended it or whatever, but I read it. And the book is called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yep. It's by, by Robert Kiyosaki. And, you know, the book is written in a very straightforward way. Uh, the subtitle of the book is What the, reach, the Rich Teach Their Kids About Money That the Poor and Middle Class Do Not. And what it did is it shifted my mind towards a different way of looking at the idea of money and work, which were the two areas that... I didn't I didn't want anything to do with pursuing money. I didn't want anything to do with pursuing work. Right. You know? So but, you know, pretty much uh, that's, that sums me up right yeah. there at that point in my life. And so I'm reading this book and the the idea that there are people that make money work for them. There are people that do something that provides value to other people, which provides them then compensation that if they do it right, they're not having to trade one hour of time for one set of right. dollars. And so it be- It became this. And there's so many more concepts in this book. It's a highly recommended. It's in my top ten of you know best business books uh, to recommend to people. It's not written at a PhD level. It's written for very basic comprehension. A lot of repetition, but the concepts are true. And the mindset shift that happened to me personally when I read that book was okay. Wait a second. There is another path here, and it ties in with the things that I I seem to be dispassionate about and you know on the on the negative end and and then pro passionate about which was being able to do the things i was passionate about without having to quote unquote work
0: right right the
1: idea that when you do what you love you never work a day in your life that's that's one thing but then to be able to not have to do that it just fed all of the all of the the self-interest that i had at that point checked all
0: your boxes it checked all the boxes (laughs) and so
1: and and as books do uh, rich dad poor dad recommended other books and so i just went down this this further rabbit hole of Really getting interested in uh books that and and studies of the wisdom behind how to pursue this alternate lifestyle, which is either being an entrepreneur, which is not that strange right mm-hmm. There are millions of entrepreneurs in America um but at the same time there's a different way of looking at the world than the vast majority of people see right. in that mindset and so to me that that was a whole nother world for me because nobody in my family had really pursued that kind of a, a lifestyle and so um so I'm reading Rich Dad Poor Dad and the author of that book actually had a message forum online. So this is about 2002. Um had a message forum online uh at richdad.com and which is no longer there actually I don't think. And so I would get on this message forum and you know be talking with other people about the subjects in the book and eventually realized there was there was a group of us that actually lived in virtually the same area of the western suburbs of Chicago. And so we decided at one point, let's all get together and talk about these concepts. You know, like, right. let's let's get together and talk about this different way of looking at work and money and things like that, And because we were all fired up, right? We were all really excited about it. And so we decide, okay, there's going to be this day, it's going to be at this restaurant, and it's going to be uh, at this time, and let's all meet and talk, right? Well, I'm en route to this place. I'm driving from the house, and I'm sitting at a stoplight. And decide, you know what, I, I, I don't, I'm not gonna go. You your, know, your
0: introversion took over.
1: Introversion took over. The flakiness <laughs> took over. Blah blah blah. And yeah. you know, going back to that subject, I'm the right. person that would walk out of jobs. Um, you know, I, yeah. I, I just, I'm the guy from Office Space too. Like, I'm not.
0: I wouldn't say I'm missing it, Bob. <laughs> I'm not.
1: I'm not liking this, yes. so I'm not gonna go. Right. You know, I'm yeah. just gonna. I'm not, just not gonna
0: go. You gonna I'm, quit?
1: No. no, no, I'm just not gonna go <laughs> right. so uh so that was me yeah. uh and uh th- again to to sportmart and to uh, I'm trying to think of the other places there was a magazine sales company I worked for, lots of those other places. I am sorry uh but hopefully uh hopefully you found a replacement for me because <laughs> I wasn't that great to begin with yeah. but uh so so I'm sitting at this stoplight, and you have to understand i'm underneath this is this there's an overpass over the top of this light. The overpass is the highway I needed to get onto to go to this restaurant.
0: This is very symbolic, Dave.
1: It is. And I am facing perpendicular at a stoplight. Yeah. This is a literal crossroads, right? right? A literal crossroads. A literal okay. crossroads. And this stoplight is red forever. Okay. I'm sitting there and it will not go green and there's lots of time to think, right? Right. So this is, this is the crossroad moments in my, a moment in my life where I'm sitting at this light and I'm going, you always do this. This is the way it's always been. And for whatever reason, you're scared, you you know don't want to go, you don't think you have anything to offer, what, whatever reasons you don't want to do this, just go. And so I go to the restaurant. I decide, okay, I am going to go. And I pull a U-turn and I get on the highway and I go to the restaurant. And I show up and it's the appointed time that everybody's supposed to meet there and nobody else is there. <laughs> I'm the only one yeah of these sorry guys uh, and girls who didn't show up or that was the only one that showed up yeah to this restaurant and so i'm standing there and i'm going huh, huh? <laughs> well <Yeah. laughs> isn't that interesting and right. so after, after another 15 minutes i waited around and finally another guy walks in and he goes are you here for the thing and uh, yeah i'm yeah. here for the thing and i don't see anybody well, why don't we just sit down and we'll eat and we'll talk about right. it so we have this great conversation for two three hours Um, he's about 13 years older than me. He had a lawn maintenance company that he'd grown from nothing, uh, to half a million dollars in sales or wherever he was at the time. And, um, just he'd read rich dad, poor dad. And we, we, it always, we both clicked. We both clicked that we wanted this different sort of lifestyle and we were pursuing some things we wanted to do great for the world. We wanted to be able to give back. There's just so many different, uh, so many different things that we hit it off on. And so what I did was um, we decided we we're going to get together again the next month. And so get back on this website and, and type in, hey, where's everybody? Right. And, oh, I was in the other room. And, you know, yeah. but, you know, that kind of stuff. Anyway, so we decided we're going to do it again. And this time there's 35 people that want to show up. Whoa. Okay. Or, I, I take that back. This time there was only probably 14 or 15 people. But so we still had the opportunity to meet at that restaurant. So right. we go back and uh we sit down and and we're looking all all looking at each other going okay now what right, right. so there's 15 of us who are here and so my friend who I'd met the first time he goes uh why don't we why don't we go around the table and describe uh for each other what our goals are you know what is it what is it we want to do mm. and so we go around the table and everybody kind of reads off you know what they want where they want to be and things like that and i don't even remember what i said but there was one guy at the other end of the table and he said my goal is to be here in a year, and I thought that's a pretty good goal nope. to be on the path right, right to okay. to be continuing to push forward yeah. and and you know go after the things that he's wants to go after and and to my knowledge, he achieved a lot in his life, and he's still going, but um that stuck with me mm-hmm. and so we decided we're going to do this every month we're going to get together and um we're going to just kind of help each other out we're going to talk about the things we want to be doing and and where we want to go and see what we can do with that. And so the next month, this is where I was talking about 35 people. The next month, there's 35 people that want to come. So we can't meet in this restaurant. So we right. had to rent like a little uh, dining hall or something like that to, to do this. And so we get together. And now there's 35 people in the room. And now we're looking at each other going, okay, now what? We can't go around the room <laughs> right. with 35 people and say, what are your goals? And so um, the, the other guy that had said, I'd like to be here in a year. He said, I actually brought an exercise with me. Uh, it's going to be called the burning question exercise. So I've got a whole bunch of red note cards and I've got a whole bunch of green note cards and, um, everybody's going to get one red note card and on it, you're going to write down what your biggest challenge is, your biggest obstacle, the thing that is holding you back right now. Mm -hmm. And then everybody else is going to get at least three or four green note cards. And so when somebody says, I've got this challenge, um, you know, I can't do this or I'm not sure about this or I don't know where to go for this um or i self-sabotage in right. this way yeah. right yeah, yeah, right yeah, yeah. you know the i sit at, sit at ordinary red lights and don't make decisions <laughs> um everybody else would write down on their green note card a solution
0: okay. like
1: oh i know a guy that does this or here's what i did or you can read this book or you can try this the website or whatever and and so people would be inundated with solutions Mm. for every challenge that they had. And so this just became this powerful thing. So now we decided we're going to meet every month. Um, The thing turns into, it's called the Windy City Roundtable. Uh, It grew and at one point had five or six hundred members in it. And and the the thing still meets every month uh, in Chicago. It's the first Thursday of the month. They call it WCRT right now. And uh, it's focused on real estate investing primarily, but also entrepreneurship. And so this group just kept growing and growing and growing. And um, for me, it was this fertile soil of being immersed in an environment where there's other people that are achieving things that are ahead of me. Mm-hmm. There's other people around me that want to do what I want to do, so there's a support system, right? Because yeah. there's not a lot of people that think this way. Right. And so having other people around you uh, was really, really powerful. And yeah. so from that, that organization, lots and lots kind of grew out of that. And I just kept studying and now I started studying about business and I started studying about investing and being successful as a person and things like that. And so I filled my head with knowledge. I still hadn't done anything yet. Right. Well, <laughs> right. So this I filled is the pre-work. My, this is the pre-work, right? right? Which looking back on, this is the MBA, right? right? This is the, this is all the stuff that you do to prepare for where you're headed in life, right? this is the therapy and all that, that kind of stuff. And so I had filled my head with a bunch of knowledge on how to be successful in business and in life. And eventually there were other people that would come to these meetings that we'd talk about ideas and I would make a suggestion that would work. And so after a while, people would say, can you, can you come to my business and, and take a look at this? Or can you talk to me about X, Y, and Z? And I eventually was able to start charging for, right. for that service, consulting. right? Consulting. Yeah. For consulting yeah. or coaching. And so, yeah. uh, that kind of took off. And so, um, you know, worked with a number of other people that I was able to really supercharged what they were doing business wise and make them successful through those changes. They made themselves successful, but I was offering those solutions and whatnot. And then after a while I got frustrated and realized I'm I'm doing all this for everybody else. Right. Everybody else is taking off and, right. and being successful. And these are the things that I want, right? So I'm gonna start my own projects. And yeah. so this is probably about two thousand and four, two thousand five now at this point. But um so a few, few projects here and there, and then uh uh lo and behold, a couple of years later. Uh, the same guy that I first sat down with at that that first little table, I uh, said, you know, I've got this project in Michigan that I'm I'm going in on it with another partner, and we want you to come take a look at it as, at this. It's got a strong business component, and we feel like you would be a good partner in this business. And so, um, you know, we took a look at it. It was a retirement community,
0: yeah,
1: uh, which we are currently sitting in yes, right now <laughs> as we as we record this podcast. And so, uh, I I eventually we we closed on that property in two thousand and six. Uh, really really large property. And then in 2008, I made the move to Michigan and then just started building businesses in the area uh, ever since. So, um, and since 2003, uh, it's, uh, it's more than 20 companies at this wow. point. So,
0: Wow. Okay. I have a lot of questions, but yeah, yeah. Um, I'll try to remember all sure. the other ones. Well, one thing that, I, um, that you touched on now twice um, first of all, that you talked about how Rich Dad Poor Dad is not written at a PhD level, it's very right. basic, it's very yeah. accessible. And then you mentioned that the guy that you first sat down with, who sounds like may have been somewhat of a mentor to you mm-hmm. in those early days was running a lawn care business, which mm-hmm. is not something that is requires you know a high level right. degree or anything like that. Right. And I'm I'm really intrigued by that because I think one thing people have this, and neither you nor I have a college degree, so I think it's really interesting because a lot of people have this idea that in order to live this different life, you have to be either extraordinarily educated, talented, wealthy. Um, you know, just mm-hmm. something special like there has to right. be something special in your makeup, and it sounds like you believe and I do that it really it's accessible to anybody who wants it right. who who can envision this different life and is willing to step outside of that box so yeah, yeah, so tell me about your your sort of philosophy about that, I guess,
1: sure, sure, well, I agree with that one hundred percent um you know and and a lot of a lot of the early um information and and wisdom and stuff that I was filling my head with mm-hmm. were from people that in a way we're teaching the same thing, right? Um, they were talking about overcoming obstacles in your personal life. Um, they were talking about principles. Like I think of Stephen Covey and the, the seven habits of highly effective people, um, his habit on proactivity versus reactivity. Um, the idea that, you know, there's a, a mindset shift that can happen. You can look at things a different way and, you know, seeking to understand before being understood and mm-hmm. j- just these principles. And one that really stuck with me is, is you know, you're not your story you're you are not the what you were at one point in time that people can change in a radical fashion um radical fashion um i was just listening to a podcast last night actually which talked about the idea of happiness Mm -hmm. as something that you know you think you're sort of like it's a it's an established level that somebody has a capacity for oh that person is a negative person or this person is a positive person the reality is negative people can become positive people Mm -hmm. and vice versa and uh, you can extrapolate that to all sorts of different areas of one's person. You can you can become the things that you want to be if like you say if you're willing to put in the work, if you want it and if you're willing to study what it takes to get there. Right. Uh and and those combinations of of things can really add up to some some massive uh massive success. And success is a term I think we should take a, a minute to define yeah, it because let's do that. so many people think about success and you think money.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It, to me the reality is I don't know if someone is successful unless I know what they were trying to do.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Because it, it's, it's where to me success is if you can arrive at the things that you shoot for,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. that's
1: that simple. It could right. be, it could be the, the concept of providing for your family and having a good stable family life and, and living in balance, right. uh, which is something we talk about, whether that's something that is, that is achievable or not. Um, or it could be something that is purely a business standpoint successful, or it could be from a, either a nonprofit or, um, sort of a social enterprise success end of things. You know, we're doing good for the world. We're, we're, you know, we're curing a disease, things like that. We're, we're making a difference in the world. I think there's, there's nothing that can hold back anybody from achieving overwhelming, you know, uh, desires that they might have.
0: Yeah. And it sounds like in your case, really, the, the, the getting together with other people, um. Who had a similar mindset, even if they didn't necessarily want to do the same things as you or come from the same background as you, was really instrumental in making that shift yeah. for you. Yeah, for sure. So what when do you think people started taking what you did seriously? Because I know that that was a big one for me, especially when I was mm-hmm. fairly young um, entrepreneur. And I feel like it took me a long time to feel like anyone around me could see what I was doing and what I was aiming for. And, um, and then, it, yeah, <laughs> so... <laughs> It, Does anyone take you seriously yet, Dave? No, no, it's
1: it's <laughs> my own employees laughing in my face yeah, okay. when I suggest things. So, um okay. I don't think that ever goes away to some extent. Right. But um there there was a point in time where, you know, I was I was showing my parents around at mm-hmm. one of the properties and you know, just do- talking about what we do and this yeah. and the other thing and I said, you know, and the goal would be to try this over here, blah blah. My mom turns to me and she says, "They they let you do that?"
0: <laughs> it's one of those moments <laughs>
1: yeah. where like uh but i think so right.
0: then you think wait am i allowed to do that I allowed <laughs> to, wait uh, wait
1: i am they you know <laughs> exactly.
0: that I am, I am the man
1: <laughs> i am the oh no it's come full circle yeah yeah yeah. i must be destroyed yeah so th- you know there you go so but um so going back to the, though when when i was sort of uh i guess informally making and giving advice to people on mm. what they could do to solve a particular problem that they have um it wasn't until they took that advice and it worked and i became sort of the trusted source that when yeah. people came to this meeting, they wanted to talk to Dave, you know, because right. they wanted to see, you know, the set of the thing. And so it, it's, it was creating a sense of value that then people were then interested in opening their wallet for right. and taking yeah. money out. And so, and I think that's a concept that it's one of those universal principles, right? Yeah. It's the idea behind having a minimum viable product. It's mm-hmm. the idea behind lots of other things that you hear about in, in uh, lean startup and things along those lines is, is you're providing value first. And if you provide enough value to other people, Mm-hmm. And, it, and this is a concept, you know, you hear Zig Ziglar and other people have, have said this. If you provide enough other people with what they want, you'll always be able to get what you want. Right. And I can hear that in, in Zig's voice too. Yeah. It's a country but, drawl.
0: But you did, you did mention the fall uh, or the, I guess, not fall back is not the right word, but um, where sometimes you wait too long where you need to be, you need to now be charging and it, it's easy to get in that comfortable space sure. of helping everybody else. Yeah. and never yeah and never take it to that next place right so how did you i mean besides just realizing i, I need to make some money here yeah like what was the the switch that flipped for you
1: um I, at some point what realizing that realizing okay this could be something that i do right, right. i could charge for this and so then i i just i studied what right. is it what does it take to be a successful consultant right it's it Back to the books, back yeah. to the, the the web and whatnot. Yeah. And eventually, if, if you, mo- this is a Tony Robbins thing, if you model what other successful people are doing, you mm-hmm. eventually start to take on some of those characteristics and it becomes easier for you to do the thing you didn't think you could. Yeah. Um, and so eventually it was like, yeah. Uh, so, so with my first client, I said, well, here's how much I need to make a month
0: <laughs> this yeah
1: is, talk about transparency right yeah this is what i need to make and it was ridiculously low right yeah 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 five hundred
0: dollars and they're
1: like wow yes we will pay you that yeah, and for you exactly that. feel free yes. feel free to be here whenever you mm-hmm.
0: want to work on it yeah
1: it's that's the way it goes right yeah. and then you figure it out you figure it out after that and i've learned a lot yeah. more about pricing and you know, where to set yeah. prices and things like that ever since.
0: But sometimes that's even still a crapshoot. I mean, I, yeah, it's one thing where I think, I feel like people, um, with your particular personality, Dave, um, get really caught up in the, the model, you know? Yeah. And sometimes I will tell people like, you know, sometimes you, I, I'll not use the vulgar term, but I'll just, it's make crap up pricing. Sometimes you
1: do have to because make, crap you up. Just
0: gotta make crap up. Absolutely. You, yeah. I mean, sometimes you just, don't know what someone else is able or willing to pay or there's no way for you to find out what the market value is unless you, I guess, become a spy or something. Like, There's just no way to know. You just got to make it up. Yeah. Let's see what happens.
1: You put it you put a stake in the ground. Right. And you say, here's where we're gonna start. Right. And then right, you right, see right. what happens, see how people yes. interact with that. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's so many different areas where that, that needs to and that and that's really what you're doing by and large with business in general. Right. Especially if you're not somebody that comes from the background where maybe you were running a company for a long time and now you're venturing out right. to do the same thing, but you're figuring it out, which is what for people like us, that's yeah. what we've had to do.
0: Yeah. Because what who says that this property or this widget or this service is X value right. and someone else is very similar is X times a hundred, it's exactly it's what they're willing to charge and right. what someone's willing to pay and where those two things meet. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's I'm I'm so interested that you said you have did you say you have twenty properties now? Um, 20, 20 businesses, businesses, businesses. More
1: more than twenty businesses. And and some I've some I've stopped. Yeah. So that's that's over the course of the last over the fifteen years or so. But yeah. um there's more than fifteen still going.
0: Okay. So that brings me to, you know, we're in a small town and you're someone doing business in a small town, which I bet means that you're getting lots of stuff brought in front of you all the time because you're that guy. And it's just a guess. Maybe not. But <laughs> he's kind of shrugging over there. Sometimes. Sometimes. How do you decide, and this is maybe something you're getting better at, what you say yes to and what you don't say yes to?
1: Okay. So this this is, we talked about this yeah. earlier. We wanted to, to get to this point. So I have I have sort of a set of principles that I operate by to take on any new thing they're just like the stake in the ground we talked about earlier right. with pricing there are things i just threw out there and said hey this is what i think i need to make sure this is a good project but the the one unrenewable resource we have in our lives is time right right we we can always create more money um that's something that i've learned is a it's basically it's a wisp it's comes you can make create money, money out of thin money air. <laughs> we can create it out of thin air right, if you right, need right. to and so what you don't have more of always is time You will always have successively less and less time in your life, less and less time in the day, you know, all those sorts of things. And so this is a, this is a really cool, um, really cool concept. There's a a guy named Derek Sivers. Um, he was the founder of cdbaby.com. So another sort of musician guy, he had, he had just figured out that he, nobody, he couldn't sell his, his records online. And so he figured out how to set up a website Mm -hmm. and get everything going so that he could sell his, his records online. And do the payment processing and everything. And then eventually other people wanted to sell their albums. And so he would put them on his website. And eventually became so, so successful he had to set up a new website. And yeah. It became CD Baby and he sold it and whatnot. But one of the things that, that he's written about, and you can find this online, Derek Sivers, um, look up Hell Yeah or No. Oh Yeah. His idea is either you say Hell Yeah mm-hmm. or you say No. Yeah. And that's something that I'm kind of interacting with and pondering a little bit in my life right now. I mean, I'm sort of at the point where I'm starting to starting to say no to a lot of things, cut back on things, think about what I can eliminate. And eventually I'd like to whittle down to not that many things that I focus on. Right. Um. But that was a, reading that article. Uh, it's a post he's got called Hell Yeah or No is yeah. a great way to look at that idea of what do you say no to? For me, from a professional standpoint or a new business project standpoint, I look for at least three things. One is there's got to be able to be a very strong cash on cash return in the first year. Um, I've I've used the the arbitrary marker of 50 percent. So the cash that I put into a business, I've got to see at least half of that back in the first full year, after, okay. either after it launches or you know whatever, after acquisition, which in a way it's not i'm not so much concerned about the 50% number if it's 49% i'm not crying right. if it's you know it, it, i'm not feeling like i missed out if it could have been higher it's it's basically just a way of determining that i invest for cash flow mm-hmm. that's my approach that's that's the approach of that's how you work your way out of needing to have a job
0: right okay you
1: you buy assets that create a form of cash flow that is separate from your own income. This is, the, this is sort of the underlying premise of the Rich Dad Poor Dad book. And there's a game you can play called Cash Flow that helps you do this, where once that passive income has exceeded your ongoing monthly expenses or your ongoing yearly expenses, you don't have to work okay. if it's yeah. passive income. Right. So that process of building that. So that's where one of the pillars is. Another one is there has to be a passionate, competent leader either already in place or that can be pulled in. Um, I am no, not interested in being the face of any company. I'm not interested mm. in in leading um, beyond sort of that startup phase and whatnot. And there's a few core businesses that I do that I I continue to lead and and I love it. Um, but I I'm not interested in that with anything new, right? Um, and then uh, the third principle is just whatever I feel. You know, my cat said no or you, just, <laughs> just stuff like that.
0: You just you just wanted three
1: you gotta have three (laughs) there's no no list out there is ever complete at two (laughs) the third one it doesn't matter what it is this
0: could be totally arbitrary it can be totally
1: arbitrary and the fact in fact the more arbitrary it is i think the more people take it seriously
0: yeah oh that's funny so and another thing that you know you you said the hell yeah thing and i actually saw Derek ever speak at a conference last year i can't remember which one He was fantastic yeah did he give the keynote you know, I think it was like a, a little short one. It was, okay. um, it might have been a world domination summit and it was yes. like a, maybe like seven minutes long, yes. but he had me just wrapped and probably was the best thing I saw the whole Absolutely. time. I'll try to I'll try to find a, a clip and see if there's a video of it and we can put it in the show notes if so, because it was fantastic.
1: Oh yeah, and Derek was just on uh, <laughs> the Tim Ferriss podcast as okay. well and just a, a fantastic episode. I en- highly encourage people to listen to The story
0: to is great and I'm really glad that I saw the graphics um, during his talk because I thought everyone kept saying CD Baby and I thought they meant like, like a CD strip club. Oh, see, you know, like, like S-E- S-E-E-D-Y. Yeah. It's like CD baby. That sounds terrible. So <laughs> This guy
1: seems like a nice guy. What, what's he doing with the...
0: Um, Awkward. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, back to what I was going yeah. to ask you about the hell yeah moment. And this is also going, you know, everyone's at a different place in the path. And I guess your hell yeah at 25 may have been, hell yeah, 500 bucks. Yes. And that's valid. Right. At that place. You know, yes. I feel like we sometimes compare our hell yes against other people yes who are maybe much further down the path
1: yeah and, and actually there was a, a nice rebuttal which act, i think derek included in the post that he made as at the bottom was um you know there's a certain point in time where early on it actually makes and i, I think this was included in the post but it, i've seen it online is it makes more sense to say yes to a lot of things early on because mm-hmm. then you're it's the small investment here and there yeah. right it's the the idea of spreading out your risk and you seeing what works and what doesn't work is Quite frankly, none of us really know what the hell we want to do Right at, at those early stages. I still don't know what I want to do. Right. You know what I mean? And so I think there's the idea of being able to to say, you say yes to a lot of things early on and then you start to whittle down what it is you will say yes or no to because you figure out what you're passionate about. You figure out what the world needs. You figure out, you know, all those different, you know, sort of that hedgehog concept, which right. is a, a great concept from the book Good to Great by okay. Jim Collins. Yeah, so, I've
0: read that as well. Yeah. Well, this has been great, Dave. I feel like we probably need to wrap this one up and we will be exploring a lot of this stuff in future. Punctuate? (laughs) Uh, I don't, (laughs) I don't know. It
1: is a big question. There's obviously we'll be having a number of these episodes. uh, And so we'll be able to talk about these concepts a lot more. But for me, uh, really, there's four main things that I learned uh, along the way, so to Mm -hmm. speak. Um, the things that are most important to focus on, there's so many subcategories to this, but, uh, your environment, wh- who you mm-hmm. surround yourself with and w- what you immerse yourself in, uh, what you marinate in, in a way, uh, your inner life is your inner mm. life kind of comes out mm-hmm. and then you, your outer life becomes a part of that. Um, the process, you know, lifelong learning and what you're doing along the way and how you choose what to say, hell yeah or no to, um, your skills, you know, yeah. the idea of sharpening the skills that you have all, all the entire way as well is are important but those four things are the real the real keys for me and so i'm looking forward to us highlighting those on this podcast we
0: will be highlighting all of those hopefully in every episode and sounds good great all right well till next time
1: ciao
0: thanks for listening to the life work podcast
1: build your business and design your life with us every day monday through friday
0: and find us at lifeworkpodcast.com